December 10th, Revelation chapter 2, verses 1 through 17. Write this letter to the angel of the church in Ephesus. This is the message from the one who holds the seven stars in his right hand, the one who walks among the seven gold lampstands. I know all the things you do. I have seen your hard work and your patient endurance. I know you don't tolerate evil people. You have examined the claims of those who say they are apostles, but are not. You have discovered they are liars. You have patiently suffered for me without quitting. But I have this complaint against you. You don't love me or each other as you did at first. Look how far you have fallen from your first love. Turn back to me again and work as you did at first. If you don't, I will come and remove your lampstand from its place among the churches. But there is this about you that is good. You hate the deeds of the immoral Nicolaitans, just as I do. Anyone who is willing to hear should listen to the Spirit and understand what the Spirit is saying to the churches. Everyone who is victorious will eat from the tree of life in the paradise of God. Write this letter to the angel of the church in Smyrna. This is the message from the one who is the first and the last, who died and is alive. I know about your suffering and your poverty, but you are rich. I know the slander of those opposing you. They say they are Jews, but they really aren't, because theirs is a synagogue of Satan. Don't be afraid of what you are about to suffer. The devil will throw some of you into prison and put you to the test. You will be persecuted for ten days. Remain faithful even when facing death, and I will give you the crown of life. Anyone who is willing to hear should listen to the Spirit and understand what the Spirit is saying to the churches. Whoever is victorious will not be hurt by the second death. Write this letter to the angel of the church in Pergamum. This is the message from the one who has a sharp two-edged sword. I know that you live in the city where that great throne of Satan is located, and yet you have remained loyal to me. And you refused to deny me, even when Antipas, my faithful witness, was martyred among you by Satan's followers. And yet I have a few complaints against you. You tolerate some among you who are like Balaam who showed Balak how to trip up the people of Israel. He taught them to worship idols by eating food offered to idols and by committing sexual sin. In the same way, you have some Nicolaitans among you, people who follow the same teaching and commit the same sins. Repent, or I will come to you suddenly and fight against them with the sword of my mouth. Anyone who is willing to hear should listen to the Spirit and understand what the Spirit is saying to the churches. Everyone who is victorious will eat of the manna that has been hidden away in heaven, and I will give to each one a white stone, and on the stone will be engraved a new name that no one knows except the one who receives it. Hello, and welcome to Transformation Radio. Today I'm your host, Wes Thompson. Happy uh, for you to listen in, and hopefully you're encouraged today. So welcome.
Well, again, welcome to Transformation Radio. As I said yesterday, we're trying something new. We're telling stories about the refuge, about just conversations that kind of give, I think, a behind-the-scenes look as to who we are, where we've been, where we're going, why we do what we do. Um, We're going to have conversations with staff members, with volunteers, with people in and around the ministry. But right now, we're taking a look at our story, um, how we started, um, where we've been, and again, where we're headed. And so um, I am having a conversation with my dad, Tom Thompson, who founded The Refuge. And so this is part two of The Refuge story. Hope you enjoy. It doesn't sound like you were just bored. I mean, you know, you had four kids, and I'm one of them, and you had a, a you know, a fairly successful business that you'd really worked hard to build up and you had this community that was formed. Um, but all of a sudden there's all these conversations and it sounds like you're researching places and then you're kind of leading, it's kind of leading towards this decision. Like what were the people around you saying? I mean, what? Yeah, it was, that was the difficult part because that's not real logical to sell everything, your house and your get out of a, a thriving business that was doing well. And, and move, move two hours away in the middle of nowhere in, in the yeah. highest poverty county in the state of Ohio. That you don't want to talk to your father-in-law and and your your dad and those close to you too much about that kind of stuff because that that you can't make sense out of it. And they're looking at you like, "Are you nuts?" Yeah. So I didn't talk much to those close to me about these things because that I was already fragile in my faith in terms of my own belief, and I didn't want to. I had to keep the fire alive in terms of what I sensed was the direction God had us to go. So I, I was very careful about just how much to talk about it with those close. But no, no they definitely didn't understand it. Did anybody understand it? I don't know if anybody understood it. Even <laughs> uh, even those close to me in the small group thought I was, they, you know, they, Ron Maxson, for instance, said, you've never farmed anything. What are you thinking about a farm? What are you doing? So I, I had a lot of pushback. Uh, but I also had some that very much, I wouldn't say were supportive. I think they were just saying that they understood it based on what they read in scripture. And there's things people do that, that is by faith and that, that, that sometimes logic doesn't, doesn't play out a whole lot. It's like, it's, that's, that's what faith kind of looks like at times in the Bible. So they weren't anti, they were just like, you got to follow your, your heart and the leading of what you believe God's telling you to do. And that was, yeah. that was as good as I could find in supporting it. Yeah. I distinctively remember having a couple conversations cause I would have been in middle school. I would have been in sixth grade. And I think you met with me sometime in the middle of that school year and said, you know, we're probably going to move away after you're done with high school and do the, this thing. And then like a couple months later, it was like, well, we might leave in a couple of years. And then like towards the end of the school year, like we're leaving this summer. So obviously things happened rather, it's like there was 11 years, but then, then all of a sudden it happened really quickly. Um, so what were the early, what were those early kind of, what was the move like? What was the early, the early years like? cool thing was I got a call from a guy named Fred Kronizer 
that was a big piece to this because Fred was in Bible college and he had called me and I, he had got a brochure from my brother, Chuck, that was going to that college and he had seen that. So out of the blue, he calls me and says, Hey, I don't know what's going on here, but I, I sense an interest in this. I, I don't know what this means, but some down the road, you know, let's pray about it together. So we did. And then Fred was a guy that wanted to, he said, I feel called. That was one of those pieces of the puzzle that I'm going, who's going to be there? How's this going to work? And because I've got four kids in the family, I can't live inside. The, you know, what, how's this going to run and who's, who's to come along and serve and be a part of. So he flew out, he came over and uh, him and his son uh, moved here to Ohio from New York. And that was a big, big sign of, Hey, something's moving here as well as we were just trying to kind of thin, thin out our stuff here at the house and in Grove city where we lived and the uh, eye doctor drove by and saw a for sale sign. It wasn't even in the yard. It was in the back of the garage, which wasn't even out there. And I thought he was coming to buy some things there. And, and uh, your mom knew him and, and uh, he came up to her and says, the house for sale. I'd like to be the first to look at it. And he bought it like within a week, he's ready to put an offer. And then we had a neighbor a half block down that came over one night and said, I know this might be nuts, but I heard you were thinking about going somewhere in Venton County. And I happened to, know of a house that's empty for sale right now that I just think you ought to go see. I've been praying about it. So it's just, just crazy. I mean, stuff that you're going, this wasn't me out here trying to calculate and figure. And um, Is that why Vinton County became a thing? It was like, it just for, happened to be mentioned. I went down, spoke at a church in Chillicothe. And that was Mark's church. And, and while I was getting ready to be called up, he had said, Hey, Tom's got a vision for a place for guys struggling with addiction. And, and it's going to be in a remote place like Vinton County. And, and something in me said, I, I don't know what that means. I, maybe that's something to look into. Cause I thought that was in Kentucky. I didn't even know where Vinton County was. <laughs> so, so literally that was just, I was just on a journey. I was on an adventure. I was kind of just having fun to find out if, if this, if this walk of Christianity is more than just a church service. I mean, is this, can this be almost like you read biblically? Can you read the Bible and do it like that? Is that, is that what it's supposed to be? Or is it just like that is for then? And this is what we do now. And I I had a tough time reconciling that in my head as a young Christian. And I just thought there's more else. Why do I go to these buildings? I I couldn't, I wasn't just going to show up at a place and go home. I knew there was something to it. Sure. But like, you know, hearing that it's like, okay, you make this plunge, but your, your friends don't understand your family doesn't understand. So you don't really have any friends, no friends, no family, no funding, no training. How, (laughs) how, how, how did that go? There was a deep, there was a deep, deep sense of faith that this has definitely got to be God. So everything you just said would explain why it had to be him. So instead of me thinking I shouldn't, it was like God has to. So he's going to get all the glory. He's going to be the one that has to do it, and I have to totally depend upon him. That was what it came down to. Is there a God or isn't there? Is the Bible true or isn't it? And is Jesus alive right now? So let's let's put it to the test, and let's see if these scriptures really are true. Let's see if this works. That was what was in me. And if it's not, I'm shucking the whole thing. And I'll do, I'll, I'll believe something else because I wasn't really a religious grounded guy that 
was raised in church. I was in a, in a discovery and adventure and a journey to find out what I, what I truly was going to believe. It sounds like, yeah, you, you went through a pretty, a pretty trans, you know, you went through an experience where you, you know, you experienced some change and really, really bought in convictionally to the Christian faith and then, and then saw other people dealing with similar stuff. And it sounds like, it sounds like God was stirring something within you to kind of help people deal with the same things that you were, you were processing in your own story. Um, so you, you, you end up in Vinton County, you've got this piece of property and, 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 you know, again, we could spend a lot, a lot of time talking through all the details. I'm just curious, like those early years trying to navigate through, you know, trying, I guess you were trying to, you know, basically, okay, I went through transformation, um, change, I want to help other people go through transformation. I don't know. It might just be helpful to, for for myself and for the listeners just to think through, you know, what what were those early years like? I mean, what, you know, you're in Vinton County. You, you have Fred, who you mentioned a minute ago, coming from New York out of nowhere, just wanting to help, has no idea who you are. You, um, and that's pretty much it. <laughs> So what, what were those early years like? <clears throat> early years were very, uh, um, a lot of time together with Fred and I and just us. I mean, and, and it was, it was some family time to get it started, but it started very small. And uh, one of the scriptures that reminds me of is Zechariah talks about it. Do not despise the day of small beginnings. I think it's Zechariah 410. And that, that, that scripture kept coming to me is don't think big grandiose. Uh, this is just about enjoying what's in front of you right now and intimacy with God. That's what it was all about to start with. It's like, is there a God? Who is he? Let's do relationship. And remember, I'm coming from my own brokenness. So I'm still not, <laughs> I have not arrived. I'm, I'm in this with everybody. We're all going through our journey still. So that was my journey. It's the very beginning's always been that is where am I growing? What am I convicted of? What, what, what's on my heart to, repent change of and continue to grow in. And so that was Fred and I going back and forth to continue to sharpen each other. So that was the first discipling taking place with both of us is being honest with each other, worshiping, praying together, waiting upon the Lord. And then the first guy shows up. So we had a few guys down there that came from Grove city. That was my origin. So of course that's who knew about it. They come down a church group of people to help clean up the property, clean up. And then you started to gather local people. I had about three locals from down Benton County that went to churches and heard about it and they started coming around it. So it started to, it started to kind of get some, some word of mouth. And hence the very first guy that shows up is through word of mouth. Cause I'm not advertising marketing. I'm not, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm, I'm literally just waiting for whatever God's getting ready to do. So Doug Shotsky shows up. So now you're just talking one guy shows up, another guy shows up, one guy leaves and another guy shows up. I mean, and at the same time, I thought that I had some resource going down there that would get me through a few years and that all got cut off. So now I'm in the middle of the woods with four kids starting to do a ministry with no funding. And I'm absolutely, totally dependent on God because there's no resource. 
I hope you enjoyed part two of the refuge story. Again, we'll be back tomorrow with part three. Until then, stay safe, stay healthy, and we'll talk soon.